You are listening to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. The delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McCutcheon's throw, the runner breaks to the plate, here's the throw, wow. You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Starbucks with Jim and Donardo. I am your host, Anthony Donardo. With me, my co-host, Jim Rosati. Jim, a glorious Wednesday. We're back on schedule. How you doing? Uh, doing great. Doing great. Good to be back on on, on Wednesdays. Nothing uh, too crazy happening that's causing us to switch our days. It's, it's a normal, normal off-season week right now. There you go. Yeah, I. Uh, it was funny. I guess a little reasoning behind this morning, too. I texted you about 15 minutes ago. I was like, hey, you up? Because I thought about it, and I was like, you know, when's the last time we've actually recorded on a Wednesday? I was afraid because we didn't, you know, I, we didn't have the reminder last night about it. So uh, I was like, oh, damn, it's true. I really hope Jim set his alarm. So I'm glad you're really awake. I'm glad we're here to talk about this wonderful news about MLB, wonderful news about Nolan Arenado, and of course the wonderful news about Chris Archer going back to the Rays. Wonderful news. <laughs> <laughs> All good things. Baseball is so fun, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's um, it's crazy. So last night you were like, hey, what do you want to talk about? And I was like, let's talk about Chris Archer. Because it was literally like you asked me the question, like as soon as the news broke on Twitter. And uh, and you were like, yeah, let's talk about Chris Archer. We should talk about, you know, how the Pirates should bring him back. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I mean, the timing of all this, too. I know you've kicked the tires a little bit. I have. I mean, no, neither of us wanted to bring Chris Archer back for the the option, right? I mean, it was not worth that amount of money. But no. now that we're into February, you know, like I said, like you've kicked the tires a little bit. I mean, what's the harm of bringing him back? We haven't talked dollars or whatever so much. I have as well. And then yesterday I was really thinking about, of course, we have the show today to do. And I'm like, you know what? What if we talked about Chris Archer coming back to the Pirates? I mean, they have no veteran pitching. They need arms. You know, it's it's all like that low risk or well, high risk, you know, but possible medium reward with him. Um, like, why not do it? And I posted a tweet even. I had a picture of Chris Archer in a Pirates uniform completely photoshopped uh, to say, you know, hey, yay or nay, Chris Archer 2021. And, uh, and with that, I actually got some – Various responses. It wasn't all positive, not all negative either. And I'm I'm not joking. You know, that's right as the next step, right? 20 minutes later, you you text that to me. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And then that's when the news broke that Chris Archer signed with the Rays for one year, six and a half million dollars. All dreams and hopes washed. I guess we're still talking about him today, though. Just different reasons. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you. Like, and listen, I, I, I talked about it a little bit, too, is... For the, the starting rotation, we still need to bring in, like, another arm. It's the, – the way it looks right now, it's the, it doesn't look like it, – it it's not very good. So we need we need something else in there. And, and I thought Archer would be would be a good bounce-back candidate, someone you could sign for a one-year deal relatively cheap if he performs, um, you know, somebody you could flip at the deadline. I mean, maybe at the end it takes two to tango, right? I mean, maybe Archer didn't want to come back. Uh, and that's very because, possible. Because of all the trades that have happened, you know, maybe he wanted to go to a team that had a chance to compete, and Pirates clearly aren't that. Um, so who, who knows? Maybe the Pirates did reach out to him. We'll, we'll never And, and really think know. about that, too. Like, yeah. who were his boys in Pittsburgh? It was Jamison Tyon. It was Joe Musgrove. You know, uh, mm-hmm. like he – the one thing I'll say about him is he did embrace the city. You know, it, it it sucks his tenure here was so negative because he was one of like those good dudes, you know, and he oh, was yeah. a, a person that I felt like everyone could rally around and such. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, enter the Will Smith, you know, video. He's walking back in the in the house and no one's there. I mean, that's Chris Archer walking back to the Pirates if you accept it. Like the reasons the people he'd want to be around, they're just not here anymore. Yeah. No, and so he goes to goes to Tampa Bay. Looks like he got one year, six point five million dollars. So, which which is higher than I would have expected. I mean, I was saying he, you know, maybe minor league deal somewhere. Honestly, <laughs> so six and a half million, um, good for him. I, I did not think he was going to be able to get that. Um, so good for him, good deal. He has to go back to Tampa Bay. Clearly, he likes it there. He had a lot of success there. So he will join. He will join Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now and Shane Baz in that organization. So looking back on the trade, Denardo, <laughs> not too good, not too good of a trade. <laughs> how, how this comes full circle. I mean, you know, you shouldn't look at this as the trade. And I mean, this, the trade's done with, this is, he could have went anywhere. I mean, but in the same sense, you kind of have to, I mean, it's, it's so obvious. It's, it's, you know what I mean? Like the parts, decline his option which you probably never in a million years would have thought that would have happened but because of the circumstances and of course i mean again not to stress any further but he had a very very serious procedure that a lot of people don't come back from so it's not so much even the production side it's the fact that much like jameson tyon coming off the second tommy john what are you going to get out of chris archer are you what type of health is this guy even going to be able to pitch effectively um you know the reason i kick the tires as well is Again, the injury really, really made me steer, steer clear. You know, if the price is right, I wouldn't mind it. And especially now, since there's hardly anyone in the rotation to pitch. But it's like, I've always felt there's more to Chris Archer. You know, I've wanted to see it so bad. And that's why I was so excited this past year in 2020 to see Chris Archer with, you know, lined up with Oscar Marine. You know, it's like, now let's see what this guy could potentially have. And then that's when the injury happened. So that's what I kind of feel... Eh, you know, like like terrible battles. Like I'll never see that Chris Archer here in Pittsburgh. I felt there was something there still, um, but but yeah, like I'm okay. It happened, of course. Yeah, it's funny. Ha ha. He went to the Rays. Um, I still don't believe like he's gonna go there and just dominate. I mean, but yeah, it's, the, it's the Rays still... are playing cheap ball, and you know why not take yeah. a, a flyer on a guy that you're familiar with, Chris Archer? Yeah, and. And you mentioned like he's such a good guy, and like clearly didn't have the tenure in Pittsburgh we wanted him to. He was, I, I mean, I'll, I'll always remember like his first start with the Pirates, like the first game that he came. Um, and I remember he just like was constantly getting into trouble, like people on the base paths everywhere, and he would just be miraculously he would get out of it. Um, you know, with, with strikeouts. So I, I remember that first game and I remember it being, I remember it being pretty exciting. He was super pumped up like for, for all for, for that game. And so it was the crowd and yeah, I mean, I guess that's like the defining Chris Archer moment. Cause at that point the pirates were, were still in a playoff hunt <laughs> and then uh, sure they, they were. quickly dropped out of it. But yeah, it was, uh, I mean, like I said, looking back, not not a good not a good acquisition. Um, sad to see it, and that it's really, really kind of why we're in this situation we are now is it's because of that trade. To be honest with you, so it is. Uh, it, yeah, it, 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 it certainly it, is. it sucks that like Chris Archer is like the the part part of that whole story. Like the Chris Archer trade is the reason why we're tanking. <laughs> I mean. Especially That's, so hard, I, you know. Like you yeah. said, it, it wouldn't be as sufferable if, if you had Meadows still here. Especially Shane Boz, you know, he's in the upper minors at this point in time, looking to his debut. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, too, like you could look at the Glassnow situation. We might have been able to trade Glassnow at this point. You know, I mean, he might not be at the Pirates right now, but he's another piece that we could have traded and got some some really quality prospects in return for as well. So you are right. I mean, we might not have been tanking we, we might have been closer to being competitive maybe if we had a full re i don't know i don't i'm not gonna get into it i the chris archer deal yeah. is done let's move forward <laughs> we've we've talked about it uh, <laughs> right quite right a bit it, it is just you know you have to find the humor a bit that he does sign back with tampa 
Um, but yes, yeah, like you said, like good for him. I'm shocked he got six and a half million. Three, four, maybe five million, maybe would have been something I would have been, you know, okay and comfortable with. Six and a half. I mean, again, comfortable with. I mean, the Pirates did that. I'm mean, like, all right, good. I mean, they have so much money mm-hmm. they probably could spend right now because there's no money being spent. So six and a half million to Chris Archer, I'd have been okay with that. Um, but it goes to the Rays, and obviously they're a team that's in contention per se. You know, I don't know if they're with the Yankees and, and Blue Jays right now. That's that's arguable, but regardless, they're competing. The Pirates are not, <laughs> and he has no friends with the Pirates left. So why not go with the Tampa Rays? Um, and I think the thing too is, I mean, if not a starter, right? I, I think we've everyone's been on board, but he could be a lethal, lethal reliever if he's healthy. Yeah, because I mean, he's got he's got like that one just dominant pitch with a slider, um, and the fastball's good. So he really is just a two pitch pitcher. The changeup is not good. Um, so yeah, I mean, I feel like if he were a reliever, he would be a very dominant one. Still got really good stuff though, and he's shown that he can be a successful starter. So I guess I see why you know you'd still try him as a starter first. Oh, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean it's it's definitely one of those things where if if he were to go to the bullpen, like I could see maybe like the, the later part of his career, you know, he, he I don't think he's anywhere near being out of baseball because I, I think he Hopefully. could you know at least be a very good relief pitcher towards the end of his career. Right. Yeah. Uh, and again, like this is definitely still this is still a guy I'm rooting for, you know. Yeah. Still oh, definitely yeah. a guy I'm rooting for Chris Archer. Um so yeah, so the Pirates aren't going to get him. I mean, is there any any signings coming, Jim? Is, is the Pirates going to get anybody? I, I guess you know. As so mentioned, like, like this realistically, the- yeah, realistically, I they they do need to get a center fielder. Like I think that's one thing that they need to acquire, either through a trade or through a free agency signing. That you can't you can't go into the season with Anthony Alford as your like starting center fielder that that can't happen um, so let me ask you why just, just why I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the the opposing yeah, side no, here, right? right I mean I, the reason why is we're taking I mean, Jim what's have, it matter right so why you still have to spend some money like you you can't just roll out a 40 million dollar payroll right, like, well now I'm gonna change tones now I'm gonna be Bob Nutting why no, <laughs> look, you, I mean you just you can't do it like the union I mean there's 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 agreements in place that you've got you've got to spend money on 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 your team and and like they're, they're in a position right now where you know no matter what they do, the union's probably going to file a grievance against them at some point this year. <laughs> again, um, because because yeah, again because of what they're spending. So they need to at least act like they're trying a little bit. Um, and, and there are some guys out there that they can get. And I'm not I'm not saying like you need to go out there and sign like this like this great player or anything, but you need somebody who can go out there. Like you need a major league baseball player to at least be out there in center field. I said, I'm not saying you need somebody good, but like, Ke- like sign Kevin Pilar or something like that. Oh God. Um, I-, I don't even care, you know, but Dilo city will love Jackie, that. Jackie Bradley jr. Is out there too. Like, I mean, there's, there's some center fielders out there that you can get from a one year deal, pretty cheap. Hope that they maybe do something and you can then trade them at the deadline. I mean, they were able to get something for Gerard Dyson last year. That's a good point. I mean, honestly, that is a good point. Now, obviously international money can't be exchanged this year. But I mean, yeah, they got five hundred thousand dollars of international money last year out of Gerard Dyson. I mean, that that was a clear win. So yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. So I mean, they they need to get somebody. And Anthony Alford, they 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 can't realistically go into this year expecting to give like five hundred at bats to Anthony Alford. I'm sorry. Like, I know we're tanking, but at at some point, at some point, we need to. We need to like look at this thing and be like, we need somebody in there who's like a major league player. <laughs> somebody. Yeah, because the projections aren't kind either. Like I think there's maybe one player that's gonna be like a positive, like above average, you know, as far as WRC plus this year or such. Um yeah. <clears throat> and I think the other thing too, like I mean, so, so you are correct. Um I understand that we are tanking and, and right. It's not as if we have to make acquisitions because we're trying to compete, but Let's look at this outfield. 
like you said, Anthony Alford Jr., Gregory Polanco. Uh, can you expect anything out of either of them? You're hopeful, but can you expect it? No. You know, it's like there's there's Reynolds. It's basically there's Reynolds, and that's your outfield. So you're going to need some some players because, right, I, I, I don't ex- – there's nothing out there. <laughs> that's it. No, I mean, yeah. And the jury's still out on Reynolds yeah. right now so far. I mean, he had a terrible 2020, which, okay, chalk it up what it is. But, yeah, I, I still want to see something out of him. I just don't think you can you can go into this year handing the starting center field job to Anthony Alford. That's you just can't you just can't do it. I mean, you just can't do it. Um, Like like like, there's other guys out there. Bring them in. And I said, I'm not one guy isn't going to change this team's forecast. Uh, I mean, you could go out there and sign the best center fielder available, who is probably Brett Gardner, a 37 year old Brett Gardner, maybe. Um, Or Jackie Bradley Jr. Like that's, that's it. Yeah. Like, I mean, these guys aren't going to change the fact that this team's still terrible. Um, So yeah, go out there, get one of them, throw them out there. You know, at least you can have somebody who is a major league player roaming the outfield. Um, Right. I mean, geez, I would even take Billy Hamilton. Oh, I was going to say that (laughs) a little bit earlier. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, Billy Hamilton. Let's, uh, At least he'd that. be fun to watch. Like he, he'd be fun to watch. Uh, he loves PNC Park. I mean, wouldn't that just be funny? <laughs> I, you know, I know it's egregious, and I'm not really thinking it's going to happen. But you know, it would just be funny. He comes in here. His numbers have been great in PNC. He comes in PNC, and he has like this resurgence here. And it's with the Pirates, of course, of all people, right? And we traded for the deadline. Um, I'm for, but yeah, you are think, like you said, you are correct too. Like it, yeah. he would be, it'd be frustrating but fun. Because that's what Billy Hamilton is. Yeah, right. I mean, you're you're going to get upset because he's going to have a 250 on base percentage, but it's going to be fun that every time he gets on base, he can try to steal second and try to steal third, and he's try to great steal defensively, <laughs> right? I mean, he's I mean, he's an elite defensive center fielder too. Yes. So if you're looking for somebody, maybe help out some young pitchers, mm-hmm. um, you know, he he would be the guy. Like I I, I actually think. And he's actually, if you look, he's, he's not a terrible player. He's, he's had a positive war every uh, year of his career. So it, he can't hit, right? <laughs> but but he, he does some things well. He does two things really well, defense and base running. Um, so, I, I don't know. I mean, that, that's very similar to the Gerard Dyson signing last year. He, yeah. But he's younger. And he's, and he's you know, I would, I would put him actually in a category above Dyson a little bit. I'm with you. I would definitely appreciate a Billy Hamilton signing just for just for the funny aspect of it. But in reality, it fits the mold, too. I mean, what has Charrington targeted in a lot of his free agents signings and such? I mean, it's been defense. It's defense up the middle, you know, and right. I mean, that's why Dyson was signed last year, opposed to the fact that no one else wanted to sign him. Um, but, you know, it, right. that's why the Pirates chose him as the people left to sign was because, right, he was good defensively. I mean, if you're going to be bad, right, you got a lot of young pitchers. How do you help them out? Defense. I mean, this team was terrible defensively for a while. That's how he's been going. And I could see Billy Hamilton being uh, a signing for the Pirates as well because, right, he does fit that mold. The other thing, too, is that, like, he's actually someone who can be a a really lethal asset on a postseason team, right? I mean, we, we've seen oh. how – We've seen how just like elite base running can affect <clears throat> playoff games. And so like he's someone where you, you're a contender and, and I mean, there's 26 roster spots now. So you know what, at the, at the deadline, go out there and acquire a Billy Hamilton and you can use him late in games to change the change to the course of a game. Um, I mean, we've seen how Billy Hamilton as, as not good as he is, he, he has the ability to impact the game. Um, with with his one really good skill of base running, so um, he he's someone who contenders at at the deadline they they may try to find a spot for him uh, because of how how valuable he could be in a postseason game. Right. So I'm um, taking a little pause here because everything you said is, is literally like what happened. I mean, last year he was with the Giants. They trade him at the deadline to the Mets, and then the thinking was more just like that. I mean, if you're talking playoffs, 
You are correct. He can be a lethal force. It's almost kind of like Dyson was traded for in that sense, too, was playoff-minded. Um, so, yeah, he, he was traded for a pitcher, Humphreys. I'm trying to look into it right now. Uh, I don't see him on any prospect-type list. But regardless, I mean, yes, Billy Hamilton had a bad season last year, and he was traded at the deadline. So, yeah. There you go. And it, yeah, so let's let's. I'm all aboard the Billy last year. Hamilton he had a three WRC plus. <laughs> well, Billy Hamilton had a three way to run credit plus last year, <laughs> and the team still and he got traded. <laughs> right. Yeah, so right. good. Good call. Yeah. Now I think I think that's the move. I think if I'm looking at this list, that's the move. Billy Hamilton roaming center field, helping out the pitching, stealing a bunch of bases. And then trading him. You know, I don't want to stop talking about Billy Hamilton right now. <laughs> this is too funny. <laughs> so his 2020 season, let's look upon this. In 2020, Jim, he had four hits. He had six stolen bases. That was his season. <laughs> That's insane. That's absolutely insane. <laughs> right. Right. He batted 125. He had four hits. Six stolen hits, he bases. Scored ten, he scored 10 runs and on four hits. There you go. And the Mets were like, yeah. we want him. I will yeah. trade you commodities for Billy Hamilton and his four hits. So you're right. Definitely eyes on the postseason yeah. there. Oh, yeah. As Mitch Nagy says, Hamilton batting ninth behind Stephen Brault. I'm four. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, you would probably do that. Like, if you had Brault and Hamilton in the lineup together, Brault's oh, probably the better hitter. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, have Hamilton as, like, that second leadoff guy. Absolutely. I think we got a hashtag going. We need Billy Hamilton in PNC. I mean, I'm the more I'm looking at this, the more I'm, like, all aboard. That's what needs to happen. Yeah, this is a why not thing. Like, why not Billy Hamilton? Yeah, like, literally, there, there's really no reason not to. Like, you're not, what, you're going to take away, you're going to take away Anthony Alford at bats? Like, dude's like 28 years old. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, unless you're out there saying that there's something there to him, which I'm not, Charrington's familiar and, with him in, in Toronto. Yeah. But I think you can still get that. Like, I still think there's plenty of at-bats to go around this year in that outfield. Oh, yeah. So, right. Let's do it. Billy Hamilton to the Bucks. Start the hashtag. Let's go. Oh, man. All right. I guess we should move on, though. Um, we're going to have a Billy Hamilton special here soon. I feel it. So, yeah. next up, I guess, uh, as you talked about MLB filing grievances, let's talk about the MLB and MLBPA. So, obviously, the 2020 season was a mess because these two sides. There's a CBA coming up in 2022. Uh, end of this season, I should say. And it was just shown that MLB threw out a proposal, 154 games played, but the players would get paid the full salary of a full year's worth of games, 162 games. So they want to play 154. They wanted expanded playoffs and a DH. Players said no, no counter. It's final. We'll see you at spring training. What do you think of this, Jim? Yeah, so here's here's the thing. Like, there's already an agreement in place, the CBA, right? <laughs> the CBA right. dictates that there's going to be a 162-game season. It's going to start on April 1st, and the players are going to get paid for that season, right? The, 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 there's no reason for the union to give up the expanded playoffs, right? Because we're talking about like that's the that's the thing the owners want, right? The owners want the expanded postseason. That's what this is all about. Don't twist this into thinking the owners care about the players' safety and they want to give everybody a little bit extra time to get vaccine and and you know so that everybody can come to the ballpark and be safe, right? That's not what this is about. This is about the owners wanting the expanded postseason so they can get more money. Clearly, that's that's it. Um, the union knows that's what the owners want. An expanded playoffs benefits benefits the owners way more than it benefits the players, right? Um, so why, if you're the union, are you going to go ahead and just say, yeah, we'll scrap this deal that we already have in place. That's basically giving us the exact same thing and give you this extra thing, right? 
And and then the owners are like, oh, well, you'll get you can get you can get universal DH too. But at the end of the day, both sides want the universal DH. Like it's not that's not a fair that's not a fair trade. The universal DH for expanded playoffs. Um, so I was I was happy. I didn't think the union was going to accept this mm-hmm. this proposal, right. and they didn't. Um, I, I was happy with that. I think you know they're they they've obviously dug their heels in and they made that known last year that, you know, they're not, they're not going to just give in to what, what the owners are wanting here. Um, so yeah, baseball is going to start on time. looks like spring training pitchers and catchers reporting in two weeks, spring training whole month of March opening day, April 1st. Um, Seems like a normal I think, year. I think obviously, yeah, it's going to be a, be a full season of baseball. So that's good to see, which like I said, there, there's no reason why they can't do a full season of baseball. Right, they played games last year. They showed it can be done. So and, play the games this year. And, and if not, I mean, you still have you still have scheduling. Yeah, you can still you can still make it work. Um, right. and it's like I'm with you, Jim. You know, there's a lot of stuff in favor of the owners here. Not so much as far as the players, as you mentioned, the expanded playoffs. Right? I mean, the owners get the majority of the money in that sense. Um, than what the players would get because of the TV revenue and whatnot. But like the thing too about the universal DH, I mean, you're right. Both both sides want it, but what's the point of negotiating that now? How's that really going to change and affect the players for 2020? This season that's already coming up. Most decisions are made, you know, opposed to like just a few players that would fit that mold that could sign with a, you know, an NL team. Are we talking like two or three players that might get impacted if that was agreed upon for a universal DH? So what's the point now of deciding that? Like, how, that's not going to benefit me mm-hmm. this year. It's going to benefit me in t- next season, and we're going to negotiate that anyways in the new CBA. So, like, there's there's no reason for me to be excited that you're going to agree to a you know a DH on both sides for this year. Who cares at this point? Um, and the thing about it too was with the 154 154 games being played. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they're getting. The full season's worth of pay, but what that what was said in there was if there was reason for cancellation of games, the players weren't guaranteed their full salaries. They'll get a prorated portion of it still. So even though they won a 154 game season, if it so be it if, if they played 130 games, they would be paid for the prorated portion. End up being you know what like 139 games, something opposed to the 162. So it wasn't a full actual guarantee. Of that salary. That salary is guaranteed if 154 is played. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was like there's a lot of power still on the owner's side and Manfred's side. Like you said, there's already an agreement. We agreed on this CBA, this contract of what we're going to be doing, you know, in years past. We've already agreed upon it. What do the players have? Like, what incentive do they have to go ahead and change that right now? Nothing. It's the owners that right. do. The owners want more money. The owners need more money. And, you know, the, the downside of these expanded playoffs that, you know, the player side is afraid of is like just literally what you said, you know, months ago we we're talking about this is it's the fact that you could have a bunch of Neil Huntington's at the helm and say, we just need to get in. Right. We just need to be good enough and we'll reassess at the trade deadline where we're at. And you could have teams that aren't really spending money and throwing the you know, things out there to be the best team. They're happy enough to be a good team. So players look at that and say, well, you know, I mean, there are already finding issues with free agency. I mean, how, how many guys we have still available and it's February 3rd. So, you know, that, that worries the players some. So I'm for it. I'm glad they yeah. didn't. No, hundred percent. And, and, and I've discussed that too in the past that, you know, you're dealing with owners who, who pass around championship belts for, you know, the most wins for the least amount of money. So we're, we're talking about guys who, aren't aren't dealing in good faith when it comes to things like this and if you add more postseason teams you're you're taking away the incentive to put together a, a great baseball team you know like what's right right what's the point of building a team that can win 95 or 100 games so when it's fine it's fine if you win 82 or 83 right um so it's yeah it's it's i think once you expand the playoffs you go down a slippery slope and I think obviously the players union realizes that, that, Hey, if we, if we incentivize teams for not being great, that's just going to make teams not want to be great, <laughs> which is right. Which you is just need to be good enough. 
you know, and, and it's not saying every team's going to do that. I mean, you're still going to have the Dodgers that are probably still going mm-hmm. out there and doing it. But right, I mean, the mid-tier teams could just be comfortable with just being okay, and we'll see what happens. And if it ain't this year, then ain't this year. We'll trade away and we'll re-up for next year to be good enough, right? You're the half in, half out, and you can kind of afford it a little bit more this, you know, this time around because there's more opportunities to get into the playoffs. So. Yeah, to me, again, like this, this isn't a perfect system by all means, the CBA. Uh, I'm all for a lot of changes, you know, but there's no point of steering, you know, away from that at this point of time, especially this year. But I, I will say, like, I think it, there's already been so much hatred on the, the two sides. 2020, the pandemic came, and I think it heightened. And it's like, and here was another case to show how these two just can't work together. And I'm so fearful that this upcoming, you know, season 2022, there's going to be a lockout because these two sides, they're they're so far apart. And I just feel like they don't, like they don't want to work together. It's almost at a point. It's like politics right now, honestly, that's they're the evil team. We're the good team, vice versa. And it's like, whatever they say and they want, I'm going to make an effort they don't get it. Opposed to both sides looking and say, here's what's good for the game. Here's how we can you know, move forward together and better ourselves. It's like, nope, that's what the owners yeah. want, so we got to make sure we don't give it to them. And nope, that's what the players want. we got to make sure we don't give it to them. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I really don't know. Like, I, I, have, I have like almost no confidence that the 2022 season is going to start on time, you know, if, if happened at all. And, um, and hopefully be pandemic free by then, you know, like finally the yeah, coronavirus is yeah. over. we got things in order and still no baseball self-imposed yeah, I mean, bombs I, instead. I just find it hard to believe these two sides coming up with an agreement. Cause you know, the players, the players are going to want pretty sweeping changes, especially when it comes to free agency. Like something's going to have to give there because that's that's been the issue really the past five years or so is you're seeing free agency drop. Um, these guys aren't getting paid what they used to. And, and I mean, if you look at it, it makes sense. You know, you got guys hitting free agency when they're 28, 29, 30, right, kind of right. Baseball is a little different in that like you – you get that you get the chance to get that first big deal. And the next thing you know, you're on the downslide of your career. Right. Um, So I think, I think, I think if anything, you're going to have the players say, Hey, maybe we take away a year of arbitration or something like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like instead of maybe six years, they get five years and then, and then they hit free agency and you know, the owners aren't going to want to go for that. And so you're going to have, you're going to have this back and forth, back and forth. And it's, I, I don't know how these sides are going to come to an agreement. I don't know. And that's the biggest there's, thing. There's that's one of the biggest things. So too. Like the whole financial structure of, of a baseball is just, mm-hmm. it's outdated. It's so weird. It like, like you said, like there's this control and it's cheap, cheap, cheap control for all these players through the prime years. And it's like, once their prime's over, that's when they can get paid. And the owners have wised up and said, well, why are we paying these people all this much money when all they're doing is declining every year? Mm-hmm. So they offer these teams or these players team-friendly deals, right? Undervalued deals because at least they're guaranteed. Because, again, like in arbitration, like if I get injured, I'm, I'm done. There's no, there's no contract. I'm going year to year, right, through my prime. So these, these players have incentive to sign these below-value contracts because at least it's guaranteed. right? I mean, like look at Kutch, for example, hitting close to home. Right. I mean, he's worth way more than a deal he signed with the Pirates. I mean, he's an MVP player, right? But that was guaranteed. And at the time, that was good value. But that deal was over and he was well into his decline. I mean, he still made out, he's still getting money, but it's like no one's offering him hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. And and what you're really seeing here is is teams are even being more egregious now on these deals where they're signing, you know, these their studs when they're 20 years old to these eight, nine year deals. Um, right. You know, and, and really just, I'm talking about Cunha really more than anybody. And, and like that Acuna deal, if you're a player, a you've got to, you've got to look at that and be like, what in the world is Acuna doing here? Right. 
Acuna signs an eight-year, $100 million deal. Like, Acuna's going to – if Acuna would just play out his his his, his free agent his, – his arbitration years and hit free agency at 26 like he would have, right, um, you know, he's probably getting $100 million in two years. Like, he, he's that kind of a player. And so um, the, the Braves just have him locked down um, because of – because of that right and so but it's fair yeah, it's, and i get it i mean a yeah, hundred million dollars yeah, is it. life-changing and if next year right. something happens and i'm no longer ronald acuna jr as i once was and the braves you know they they don't offer me and i'm done and i'm fighting like 100 million changes my life and, and that's the owners know this and that's yeah. it like they have them by the their balls here's a yeah. hundred million i'm gonna change your life take it and meanwhile the braves are like man i just saved myself 200 million Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and got them for an extra four years if they were right? <laughs> right. So yeah, that, that deal, that, that deal, the Albies deal, right. It's, it's kind of crazy just to see those, um, the, 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 the Braves really cleaned up there. Um, yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be interesting. I think, I think a lot of changes need to be made and, I'll, you know, both sides are not going to want to give up a lot. Mm. yeah well (laughs) so yes to end on a little positive note on that that topic there i mean at least baseball is coming back spring training is going to start on time and also uh the pirates are allowing what 25 percent capacity at lecom park so uh not only is spring training starting but fans can actually go to the games yeah i think that's what fifth up to 2000 people. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know how many people from Pittsburgh are going to be heading down to Bradenton this year to watch the team or, you know, how many local people living in Bradenton go to watch. Like, I don't, I don't know if they'll, or how many people are going to, how many Jacksonville people might go to Bradenton, but yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. So that'll be fun though. Um, fans in the stands, who knows if there'll be fans in the stands at PNC. I don't know. Like, like, Throughout this whole pandemic, you know, Louisville football has well has allowed fans, right? Mm-hmm. And and so I had the chance to go to those games, and it was twenty five percent capacity. And and honestly, I I felt completely safe at all times being outside at twenty five percent capacity in in these in these stadiums. So personally, I think fans should be allowed to attend. Um, obviously, you know, need to be safe about it. Um, but there's no reason why PNC Park can't have 8,000 people, you know, at their games, in, in my opinion. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll I see mean, not happens. to be the obvious joke, but I mean, are they going to get 8,000 fans? <laughs> right. That's the thing, too. Yeah. I mean, geez, can you even fill that? Right. But, um, but like everything's spread out enough. You can, you can spread out enough to, to have 8,000 fans. We've seen games on TV where the announced attendance was 8,000 and it looks like nobody's there. Right, so, right, right. Um, I, I think you can, you, there's a way to do it safely. Um, there's a way to do it still with having limited amount of fans in the stands. Um, and, and let's said spring training, it looks like they're going to be able to do that. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully everything goes well there and, and maybe, you know, once, once the regular season starts, we can, we can kind of have the same thing. True that, true that. All right. So I guess the last topic, we'll wrap it up. This also hits close to home, the NL central. So Nolan Arenado gets traded from the Rockies to the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't know. I mean, do you even want to call us a trade? I mean, was there a trade? Did, 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 was there an exchange of goods? I felt (laughs) as if the Colorado Rockies just handed, Arenado to the, gave the Cardinals. They just gave him to the Cardinals. Yeah, basically. Um, no, it's it's. I can't. I mean, I guess I know. I don't feel bad for Rockies fans, you know, because being a hmm. Pirates fan, you know, it's it's like, oh well, you know, whatever. But this is just a pure salary dump, right? Like, no, they 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 received nothing of value in return here. This was just the Rockies wanted to get rid of a contract, and they did. Um, I mean, they, they're paying another team $50 million to take a perennial MVP candidate off of their hands. Um, it's, it's absolutely insane. Terrible, terrible 
trade for just baseball in general. I mean, I guess you you like it if you're a Cardinals fan, right? But oh, as far as it. yeah, so but as far as like this just amplifies like what's wrong with with the sport when you've got a once in a generation homegrown talent player who's been with the organization his whole career and they're literally giving him away. They're giving him away for nothing, basically, just so they don't have to pay him anymore. Like that's, that's what's wrong. I mean, that's what's wrong with baseball right now. I mean, that, that right there in a nutshell, Nolan Arenado, there's no reason, there's no real reason why Nolan Arenado should have been traded from the Rockies other than just the Rockies didn't want to pay him. Like that's straight up what, what the reason was. Um, Sucks it's going to the NL Central too, right? We're going to have to face Nolan Arenado now every year. Um, the streak of of never being above the Cardinals in the standings <laughs> is going to continue for, for a couple more years, which we already knew that anyways just because of how bad the team right. was. But, but that's the thing too. Um, of course it's yeah. the Cardinals, right? Of course yeah. it's the Cardinals that right. land him for that egregious yeah. deal. Couldn't it be any other yeah. team. It's the Cardinals. And like when I say this, I'm not like being, I'm not joking or anything. Like the Pirates got more for Joe Musgrove than the Rockies got for Nolan Arenado. The Pirates got more for Jameis and Tyone coming off the second Tommy John surgery than the Rockies got for Nolan Arenado. So like that's that's this trade. It's like like you mentioned, it's not a trade. Like this is just the Rockies giving the Cardinals Nolan Arenado straight up. Yeah. And what bothers me so much is, and how many times you mentioned it. Because it is what it is. It's a salary dump. And you mentioned, you know, it's a pure salary dump. But they paid the Cardinals to dump salary. Like, okay, when this trade came out, right, and it was announced that the Rockies were sending $50 million to the Cardinals, my first instinct was, wow, good for the Rockies. You know, because they paid for prospects. You know, they, they went to the Cardinals. They said, we like these top guys. The Cardinals like, no, 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 You know, like, you know, Arenado's contract isn't the best. It's a lot of money. You know, we're not going to give it up. And then the Rockies are like, okay, I'll tell you what. We'll pay it down for you. I'll give you $50 million because I want these prospects. I really thought that the Rockies, you know, dug it to the Cardinals. Because if you're dumping salary, right, let's, let's think back. And I want to have some comparison here. Let's think back to the Marlins when they dumped John Carlos Stanton salary, which was way more money than this as well. Okay. They traded John Carlos Stanton to the Yankees, $300 million. They got, they got Solon Castro, which is the MLB player, right? Whatever. They got Jorge Guzman, which is a potential reliever, closer, nothing sexy. And they got Rafael Devers' brother, Jose Devers, right? It was number 10 prospect at the time, I think, with the Yankees. Still in like the top 10 with the Marlins uh, or close to it now with the revamped system. So not only were they able to send all the money to the Yankees and get players back, albeit not great players, but they were able to dump the entire salary and still get guys back. Nolan Arenado, I'm sorry, is cut from a different cloth than Giancarlo Stan. Now, he's not the specimen that Stan is, but he's on the field all the time. You know, like you mentioned, he's a perennial MVP player. He plays a premium position of very, very high quality, you know, the Cardinals got $50 million, and I expected they were going to take a hit on the top prospects, and they still gave nothing. How are you as the Rockies going to pay the Cardinals to dump salary? What are you doing here? You so Really, you accomplished neither. You didn't dump salary because you, you're paying $50 million to not have Arenado on your team. Go back to NS9 a few weeks ago when you, you were talking about, would you rather – you know, have someone pay you to not be there. That's what the Rockies are doing. The Rockies are paying Arenado 50 million, you know, they're paying the Cardinals $50 million to not have Arenado there, but yet they also didn't get prospects. Nothing was accomplished for the Rockies here. They're still paying $50 million for no production. And it's not like they, they started a rebuild. Nothing, nothing was accomplished. A terrible trade. Well, yeah, if you even look at the quote, the Rockies say we're we're not rebuilding. Well, no, no shit, you're not rebuilding <laughs> because you didn't get anything to rebuild on. You right. just gave someone away. Like <laughs> in order to rebuild, it actually means you need to like rebuild it. And they didn't do it. They just 
instead of rebuilding, like if you take a building and you tear it down, right, then you try to rebuild it. They just took a building and they just tore it down and then they just left it torn down. That's what they're doing. So it, it was, um, you know, you get those <laughs> behind those trucks says, you know, why, why truck ahead? You know, there's all those cones and you see like a house on this truck on the highway, yeah. taking up all four lanes. Like that was yeah. the Rocky sending Aaron Otto <laughs> to the Cardinals. They just moved yeah. this house over there. Like here, you take it now. Yeah, basically. And then they paid for the truck. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll pay for the mover. You take him. Yeah. Insane. And like you mentioned, it just, of course, it's the Cardinals, right? It couldn't be any other team. It had to be the Cardinals. I'm completely just dumbfounded by this. Just completely dumbfounded. I just, I can't understand how you get that return for Arenado and pay $50 million. So, I mean, like for the, the, the Cardinals side. They're getting Arenado for free this year. The Rockies are paying his 2021 salary. Done. They're getting a six-war player for free. And then they're paying, you know, the additional 15, and there's like 20 million in deferrals Arenado's doing. And they 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 chalk this contract up a little bit, and they're giving him an additional year for just $15 million. And I see it's on the, I understand it's on the decline. It'll be his 36 age a year, but $15 million is not egregious either. I mean, to, to to make this happen for the Cardinals, like, so the only thing we have to do is offer Arenado one more year at $15 million and, and we get $50 million to have him and give you nothing? Sign me up. Sign me up. And, and you know the other thing that bothers me about this? We're just two years from that extension that was created, right, from the Rockies. What in two years, how do you go from, we're going to give you this money, Nolan Arenado, to just two years later that we need to pay $50 million to pay this down and not get anything in return for it? It's insane. Like, there's, there's, no, there's no logic behind this trade other than just a straight-up salary. Like, I mean, that, that, that's how bad it is. It's just... The Rockies just didn't want to pay him. And they got fleeced in doing so. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And they, they they clearly were not – they weren't looking for value in, in return. They, they just wanted to get rid of his contract, which is just – it's sad. It's a sad state of affairs for baseball when that's happening. You've got a team, like I said, who's, who's – develop one of the best players in the league and they just give him away. Like it's, it's awful. Awful. Yeah. Well, what so I mean, you've got show. now just in the past. So you've got what in the past three years, Arenado traded Mookie Betts traded. There's an, there's another one that I'm missing. That's huge. Who else am I missing? Who are we missing? But I don't know. But I mean, just those two, you've got, you had teams trade those two players, homegrown generational talent type players, just simply because they didn't want to pay them. Yeah. You're bothering me now. I'm trying to think of all these trades. They're probably on the Padres, whoever it is. So (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess you could say Machado was traded by the Orioles, right? Eh, Yeah. But, but, um, that was kind of he was coming up. He was about to be a free agent. You got so more for Arenado in half of a yeah. season than you got yeah. for Nolan Arenado. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a it's a shame. It's a shame. Well, I don't know, Jim. I, I will just say this: the NL Central is terrible, so the Cardinals probably. Have a better shot of winning it, but I don't always. I, I don't just think it's hammered down right now either for the Cardinals. I mean, they still got their issues. Um, yeah, I, I, but I do think they're the best team. But I, I think the Reds are going to be right there too again. I think, but like I don't think they're. I don't think the Reds are that bad. No, and the Brewers aren't bad either. So we'll see. Well, um, yeah. So I was going to say too is I guess the other positive thing is like when the Pirates are ready to compete, probably in a few years. I mean. I don't know. Hopefully the Cardinals are super old. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I, I hope I mean, there's a decline there. 
I don't want to hope and this, Arenado. But the one yeah. thing that you know, the questions about Arenado was, can he hit outside of cores? Uh, I like I the dude. We'll find out. You know, like I don't want to wish the best on him. I don't want to put like fanhood glasses on, but it's like. If he, if he can't, I want to be, you know, the worst thing in the world now. I'd be okay with yeah. it. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah, I'd be okay with that now. Right, right. Yeah, I, mean, I, I always liked Dora Arenado, but hey, now he's a Cardinal, so. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, all right. So I think that pretty much wraps up the show. Uh, anything else you wanted to add? Any last words? Um, No, I think that's it. Who uh, Dustin Pedroia retired. Huh? Oh, that's yeah. Another, I guess just a little blip there. Always a fun guy to watch. Super tiny guy. Kind of reminded me of, you know, kind of like an Altuve type guy, but without the cheating. But maybe there was cheating. So who knows? We don't know. We don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess that's that's kind of sad to see. He was he was a true gamer. He was fun. Yeah, he was yeah. so good too. Such short career, oddly enough. I mean, yeah, it was just the, his past few years just couldn't couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he. I mean, he was he was a, he was a good little player. Like, just did a lot of things well. Right. Yep. Yep. Won an MVP award. Won a Rookie of the Year. Yeah. I I heard something right. He was like one of. It was like one of eight players that have, or like, there's been nine players that have won, like won all these awards, but he's the only one that did it like the first two years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's crazy to think how good he was, how small yeah. the guy was too. Yeah, yeah. No, he was fun to watch. All right. Yep. Pedroia retired. Nelson Cruz signed back with the Twins. If we mention that, that's pretty much about it. Yep. So, all He's right. Well, what, like 43 now? 43 going on 60, but also going on 21. <laughs> I don't I don't get it. Like, he's hit around forever, yeah. it feels. And just drops bombs. But he's gotten so – his career is – he's the Benjamin Button. He just gets better as he gets older. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll be back tomorrow night for NS9 Live. Uh, We'll catch y'all later. Bye-bye. Later.